What's going on? You are listening to Talk About Gay Sex. I'm your host, Steve Rodriguez, and it's season two with our episode two. It might be episode 26 or 7. I'm not sure at this point. But uh, my two co-hosts are still on vacation, but we wish them well. Steve Carpenter and J. Ross Lopez. Um, but I am joined by one of my dear friends, Rico Noguchi. Hola, Steve. How are you? Hola, hola. How are you? Good, I'm good. Good. Nice to be with you. You were in our um, episode, Sexual Awakenings, which really um, got a lot of people thinking about, um, you know, things other than just the sexuality of it, but how it can go. And I, I love that episode. It's really impactful. I want you to come back and talk more about that. Um, but today we are here because you made a, a film, a short film, we can yes. say. That's it, it's called It Gets Harder. It Gets Harder. <laughs> now I have problems. We were joking about it before because... Because I usually... Yeah, now I can't speak tongue-tight here. Um, and I'm actually in it, which is kind of cool. Um, but it also prefaces um, the upcoming New York Mr. Eagle Contest, which is, right. is kind of a great film. Um, why don't you quickly tell our audience um, what this film is about? Yes, um, so like you said, um, it is connected to the idea of uh, leadership uh, in the community, um, and this is talking about the leather and the fetish community of New York City. Um, I think that uh, my main, uh, I guess, intention with the film was to be able to educate a little bit through the experiences of other people, right, what it takes to, uh, to run for the, for the title. And um, you were running that year. Yes, so I was. I was actually doing this project at Columbia, and I was working Columbia with University. two. Yes, I was working with two different projects, and one of them was like, "Oh, I'm going to just uh, you know focus on your uh, experience going for the title," and um, so it made sense also to reach out to Christophe, uh, who was Mr. Eagle 2006, and uh, and get you together to um, sort of somehow. Uh, parallel your experiences and also talk about, um, you know, your particular interest in the, in the community and how you uh, show it. So um, it wasn't really necessarily meant to educate from the get-go, but it was more about documenting, you know, your present and somehow uh, preserving a little, little bit of the past of Christophe. Uh, in the community. so Absolutely, and I love the word parallel because I've seen the film already and I really loved it, um, not just because I'm in it, but... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but um, I really, and I love that uh, that's kind of how art can work sometimes. It's like you go in one direction and then you realize, wow, there's something over here and let's, you know, let's pay a little attention to this. And, and sometimes that doesn't amount to something and I right. know just knowing you, that's kind of how you work sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, um, I was very, uh, I guess, inspired also by my own first experience. And uh, as a matter of fact, um, I know you're going to bring this up later, but um, we have an event on September 16th at the Eagle, and we're going to be... Uh, this Saturday, yeah. Exactly. This uh, premiering the film that you are starring in with Christophe, <laughs> right? Co-starring. Uh, and, uh, and also the, the film that I, uh, that focuses a little bit on my uh, experience when I ran for Mr. Eagle in 2014. Absolutely. So um, I think that by, you, you know, by showing these two uh, different experiences... I, I guess others can can get an idea of uh, you know what, what what triggers someone's interest and curiosity in becoming you know sort of like a representative of the of the community, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And um, just real quick, because um, we're going to bring somebody else in, but it's this Saturday. If you happen to be in New York City at the Eagle, 
Um, are you doing it on the rooftop or That's the plan. whether? Yeah, yeah. but it, it will happen on September 16th. Do we have a time? Right well, now? I think we're thinking around nine. Nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'll put. I'll post all this too, yes, so yes. to let everyone know. But we definitely, before we get all into it, there's so much to talk about. But I definitely want to bring in uh, the current Mr. Eagle. John John, how are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to be here. And Thanks it, for having do you go me. by John John? Is yes. that yeah, okay. John John. Yeah, because I always thought, like, is it you have a last name too? Or is it, it kind of like <laughs> it's just John okay, John. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Great. Um, you are the current Mr. Eagle. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, first of all, how's the year? Because you're kind of almost up, right? The year's yeah. happened. And so how's I'm, it gone for you? It's been amazing. It's been uh, you know, when I started this journey. I was I was definitely nervous. Um, we can all relate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, as you as you both have experienced. Um, but it's been amazing. I mean, the people that I've met along the way, the relationships that I've built along the way, um, the events, the traveling. It's just been a great experience that I loved. Here's a question. Has your Instagram and your Facebook followers gone up and have you gotten laid more? (laughs) Sorry, I had to ask. My my listeners want to know. Um, (laughs) You know, every, I feel like... Does everyone ask that? Razor number one. The the second question, right? The second question of uh, have you gotten laid more? I think I've got, like, people will flirt more with me. Laid more, not so much. Um, And I think you will hear that regardless of what title. Like a, a title holder might tell you, I don't think I've gotten laid more because I'm so busy doing events and running around coordinating things that it's like mm-hmm. I haven't even had time to get laid. Oh, um, right. Okay. <laughs> but um, <laughs> the uh, the the first piece, the first like, question. Um, w- uh, one of the other uh, Q, who was my running yes. mates, um, was like his Instagram or his Facebook. Oh, yes. Like skyrocketed afterwards. Um, Especially when the eagle tags you on a photo on Instagram and there's followers following the eagle and they're like, oh, there's a tag here. I'm going to click this person and send them a request. That I felt that impact happen. Well, and then you're the, the Mr. <laughs> Eagle, too. Yes, so, it's, yes. of course, you're representing the, the page that everyone's following. Yeah, so I, that would make sense. I think if I go on my Facebook page right now, there's a, a ton of people that have sent me friend requests that I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't think we've ever You're met. You're starting to weed out right. who, I'm not who sure. gets But you are a very social person. I mean, I, right? I am. I'm a social butterfly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even prior to Mr. Eagle. Right, um, right, I mean, I entered the leather community only in 2012. Um, so uh, from 2012 to now, I've, like, I've been in a leather fraternity before, um, I've held another title before, and now currently through Mr. Eagle, I've, you know, I'm constantly, I, I feel like I constantly put myself out there, or try to. Which is great, and I know you work in the political arena yes. on your other, your career, daytime, your yep. daytime job, and so obviously running for things or supporting those that run for things is a biggie. I think my question within, like, the leather community, and I would love to hear you guys, and I'll think about my answers, too, is as adults, and one of the questions we were looking at in the film is, what would make somebody run for Mr. Eagle? Right. Well, running for Mr. Eagle is within the leather BDSM um, world, which is has a kink is the a kink side to it, right? Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. ultimately sexual. Um, what do you think it's about, like us? as adults that are exploring that, that would then also want to like run for a title. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think there's so many different factors to it. For me, 
For example, I was someone who was already involved in the leather community, right? So you'll have individuals who are already involved in some sort of community, whether it be leather or whether it be bear community, um, and want to put their feet, tap their feet into the Mr. Eagle world, or maybe someone who is using it as a platform maybe to grow, right? To right. grow for themselves. I've seen, I've definitely seen people who have, who have said, you know, I have never done something like this before. I'm, I'm an introvert, I'm shy, and I'm using this as a way to put myself out there right. and to, to grow and to meet other people and see what comes out of this for me. But it's a big way to put yourself out there. I mean, I understand wanting to get out there, and I think, but if you're shy, which I think, I, believe it or not, I have some shy factors to myself. I'm sure you can relate, Rico. Um, but the contest, uh, you know, there's a whole part where you are in your jock strap and you're going to be on stage and, and you're, you're literally being judged. Um, and then well, I'd be surprised if you were shy about that. Not anymore. I think getting a, back to like the, the question of, you know, getting involved and getting involved in something that does have a very sexually induced component to it, the leather community in this, you know, in this um, instance. Um, I'm just wondering, you know, for you, what, what you seem relatively young, John John, um, what was it about the leather community, you know, if we were to go back and look at that, what was it that, about it that attracted you? Uh, I, I think that, and my speech, right, yeah. in, in the Mr. Eagle contest, I talked a lot about, well, I talked mainly about community. And I talked about wanting to bring things to the eagle that the people who frequent the eagle want to see. That's one of the things I talked about. And for me, the leather community, when I think of leather, I think of community. Um, so that was the biggest piece for me in this. And then the other piece of my speech was me saying, I'm a yellow hanky deviant, Ooh. right? And if you're thirsty, I will piss on you, right? I love that. So no, I, I haven't were, seen um, that yet. <laughs> you haven't seen no, that. No, you were on what side? <laughs> not, while, not while I'm wearing my sash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wear I wear it on both. I mostly flag on the right side, though. Hmm. Um, Meaning you would want to be... I am the pissy. The yeah. pissy. Yes. Okay. Yes. I think yes. I would wear it on that pissy. side, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But so uh, for me, I, I said to myself, well, I, the eagle holds for me just a... Um, a huge reputation, right? For many of course. people. Of yeah. course. Uh, the legacy that the Eagle has like created and still continues to you know, hold um, right. is something that I wanted to represent. Um, and I wanted to do that while also keeping the leather community alive in New York because there's so many different people in the leather community that some will say, oh, the leather community, leather is dead in New York City. Um, and for me, that wasn't, for me, it's not dead, right? And I, I wanted agree. to use this to continue to push that message along. Yeah, I think there's been a reemergence, actually, of uh, you know, kinksters. I mean, in a way, more more visibly, more openly. I think, uh, and I don't know. I mean, I remember when I was going to the Eagle, um, maybe five, six years ago. I I had the feeling that things were a little slower. But right. not anymore. I mean, things no. have changed dramatically in the last three. And there's years other, or so. um, you know, it's interesting because where maybe the long-standing Black Party, which is a huge party that has has a whole leather, you know, component to it. It's huge from the Saint, um, is sort of dying out. Seemingly, I'm not sure the last years. 
But there's all these other parties that are happening, or like Brute, mm-hmm. and there's um, the what's the bear? Furball. Furball, mm-hmm. and there just seems to be a lot more um, people exploring. Younger people, I would argue too, that are you know Jockstrap Wednesdays, which I know I've seen you, John John, at a lot. Which I, I love. love. I love Jockstraps too, <laughs> which is a fetish that it does so well. Yep. And so you know when you say. Uh, community, I think that's really great because clearly there, the people do younger people, older, whatever, want certain things. Um, but what do you say to the when people are w- talk about the old guard versus or just the old guard? I mean, first of all, describe what that even means because some people are going to be like old guard. Yeah, I mean, for me, I and uh, being involved in, I was a part of Onyx, uh, which Onyx is a leather fraternity for gay, bisexual, and trans men of color. Uh, it's a national organization, and that was my introduction into the leather community. There were quite a few members in Onyx that were in Old Guard, um, which was some of the like traditional like protocol that you need to follow if you're a boy, or if you're a slave, if you're a sir, if you're a daddy, if you're a master. Um, and there were certain things you needed to wear, right? Like you don't... Uh, you wouldn't wear, you know how some parties have now, uh, sports gear. Or right. you come out with, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something else. Well, let's use sports the chalk, gear. Yeah, I think sports gear is good. Yeah, yeah. sports gear is, has been, and what I've heard, right? I wouldn't necessarily say that I, this is something I believe, but what that I've heard, like sports gear is more part of uh, new guard. And old guards, it's like you show up in your in your leather formals with maybe your sir cap on or your sand brown that goes around your um, that kind clips of your, to your waist. Right. Yep. Um, Boots would ha- are need to be on point. Yes, like, they need to be shined. Yes. Uh, you probably need to tuck your pants in your boots. Right. Right. And they should be even when you're running for the. We'll get into some of that, but when you're running for the competition, yep. they need to be the right height. Correct. And, yeah. yeah, so all of that mm-hmm. is part of the that the gear, along with the protocol, what to do, um, was all part of the old guard. And for me, I've always like taken some things from old guard. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm I don't identify in the old guard community. I definitely identified in the new guard community, um, but I definitely have a ton of respect for that. Especially also because um, I remember you mentioning that before you were a leatherman, I think you, you consider yourself a bear. Yeah. Or did I get that wrong? I well, mean, I still consider, I can, so here's how I do it. I consider myself a bear who happens to be a leatherman. That's how. So do they have to be like exclusive? They're not, they're, I mean, there's an overlap in the communities and sometimes they're totally separate from each other. Right? But when you, you, when you think of a leatherman, you don't necessarily think of somebody as a bear. No. No. Leather seems to you may, might just be something that um, you can participate in when you want to, and it, it's about what the what you're wearing, maybe or. Well, so leather to me is my identity as well, right? right. But right. so you could see a leather a leather man or a leather woman, and they don't necessarily have to be a bear, right? Um, and uh, to me, when I think of leather, I I, I got I. You'll probably hear me repeat this, but I will go back to the word community, right? Like when I think of leather, I think of bond. I think of something. So it's not just the gear for me, right? When I first put my first harness on, I felt powerful. That's the word 
that always comes to my mind. And whenever I have Powerful a, is a good word. Whenever, yeah. yeah the when, smell for yeah. me. Whenever <laughs> I have a conversation with someone, especially someone who's trying to get involved in the community, and they ask me, like, how was it your first time? I'm like, when I put that harness on, I felt so powerful. Like, powerful not just to the outside world looking at me, but powerful within myself. Like, yeah. I felt like I could do anything. Everyone and, should... Oh, sorry. And, yeah, I'm sorry. I was just going to say that on that note of community that you're saying... Um, this ties in a little bit also with the films that we're screening because they were opportunities for for us, uh, Steve and Christoph yeah. and other people. I mean, just getting permission from you know the owner of the of the Eagle to actually shoot in the bar is just uh, uh, an expression oh, right. of that extension yeah. of community. Like and you know how how you are embraced and how and what you're allowed to do. Um, sometimes uh, you know if um, not many people have that opportunity. You right. Know? No, yeah. the owners of of the New York Eagle are nothing but amazing exemplify yes. community and particularly if you've worked with them and you've shown that you've you know done a good job and you respect the bar and and you and yep. certainly if you're getting outreach on any level they are supporting you 100 percent and sometimes putting in financials to it which is even yeah amazing so my year has been so successful because of the relationship that i have built with the owners and with the staff. Yeah. Everyone from the bartenders to the DJs to the barbacks to the security and the owner. Like and I don't think it would have been so successful if I didn't have that really great, you know, if I didn't right. build that great relationship and that the, might be an old guard, you know, um, a theme or something that is that maybe it was some of the old bars back in the day had that sense of community. I I don't know. Yeah. I, I could ask some of the old Timers, but um, you know, I'm not sure that certain other bars have that sort of, right, you know, right, community right. base. Maybe they do, but yeah. um, I think it's really cool, and that's why yeah. they do this contest. Um, but you're right. The thing about that, I was going to say when you said the thing about the power when you yeah. first put it on. I was in the booth at the Eagle the other day where they sell a lot of the the leather, and there was these two very hot, like six foot four built guys and they were kind of looking at the harnesses and I said oh you guys should try one on they're oh we've never tried them on and I said no you should I mean you guys would just look and I of course I was like you'd be he-man and I would like can I just and they were a little freaked out about it and they weren't young either yeah. it's interesting that you know you kind of have to find your time and mm -hmm. and even for some people the, the idea of putting on a harness is freaking them out yeah. and it's like regardless it's of the leather. age <laughs> regardless, regardless of the age of and and what would that mean? Yep. And yeah, because I feel that uh, you know, there's also this idea of exposure of your skin that I'm not That's sure true. how many people are necessarily that comfortable with. Even when you seemingly have a great body, it doesn't even matter. Sometimes you're right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, and and I think they're not that, all like me, just you know, taking it off and you know. <laughs> right. He's sh he's shy. Everyone. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <Yes. laughs> I got that in the record. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, but one of the things explored in the film um, was the the Mr. Eagle before you, Q, yeah. um, who won the year I, we, him and I were running mates. Um, and um, we will let people watch the film because you get to see my reaction, you know, running for it. And of course, when I lose, but um, it's very real. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the thing about, <laughs> about it and it, it's that... You know, rather than, uh, I mean, for anybody that is in the community, we know who Mr. Eagle 2017, 2016, 2015, 2014 were. But a lot of people that are not in the community, they have no idea. True. Right now, my, mm -hmm. my work has always been about pushing uh, a little bit the... Um, 
I'm not going to say that uh, that everybody has to have a, a, some kind of knowledge about what leather means or what the culture is about. But I, because of my work, I am always running into men, especially that are just in, in you know, they just have no idea what leather means. Right. right? And uh, just by using a crop on their nipples. For example, right. right? It's like a, new, a really interesting way of introducing some uh, sensations uh, that they haven't felt before. Now, what does that mean, right? So my, it means to me that um, the the way to uh, connect uh, other people that are not necessarily involved in the community with anything that is leathery, right, is by showing them uh, different options. And I think that right now, for instance, we don't really have uh, a platform that educates or that really uh, even in the media, really expands these ideas of, of, of what the community is about since we are very different times. You know, this is not definitely, but I think this is when it's really important to have these platforms. And I would argue that beyond leather, you. Uh, your work in general tries to push people, whether it's sound, um, right. through your work with drums, you you know, dance. There's all kinds of different ways that you know, you have a zine um, right. that's really pushing boundaries. That's not all leather based, you know. Yeah, well, we have uh, the, other the projects. issue we have right now is actually going to be a leather. Yeah, um, issue, right. But um, but I mean, I I would just say that you know, I think one of the great things about when you run for something like this contest or explore anything is that whether you win or lose, it's really that, you know, the process of what you got, the time you put into it, what you got out of it. And because this one really, you have to spend a lot of time in it to really get up there on stage. It's not just like, you know, a pageant. You have to prepare in that it really provokes you and gets you thinking of, you know, opening your mind on what can I do outside of it, whether you win or lose. Right. I mean, I'm sure John yeah. John, after this, your work will continue in yeah. various ways. It's not just because you won this contest, yeah. correct? Or? Yeah, I mean, and I've been thinking about that a lot. I, I, I think that um, this being the second title that I've held in New York, um, that I definitely want to use my time after this to, um, to support other people who may want to run for anything, right. whether it be Mr. Eagle or, or something else. Um, and like maybe help talk them through why they want to run, like sort of kind of like a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Like, mentor, um, coach. Yeah, like a mentor. I kind of want to use my time to like focus on that um, because I, I think that I think that that's really crucial. When it it I it took me a while to decide whether or not I wanted to run for Mr. Eagle. Like it, it took me a couple of months, but I had like my circle of family right. Um, who I definitely had to have conversations with. I was like, what do you think? And they were like, well, why do you want to do it? Like, what, what, what do you feel like you will get out of it? What do you feel like this will do for you? Um, and when I thought about that, like, just having that support, having those people to bounce ideas off of and was really crucial. So I want to be able to play a role after I after the new Mr. Eagle comes in. And can I ask you a question? Just, yeah. I want to get a little bit, I, I guess, in this idea of, of um, the mindset for competing, right? How did you feel when you realized that you only had one other um, like, opponent? Oh, I was so nervous. I was, real, I was more nervous than before. <laughs> and honestly, in my head, this is what I said to myself. Well, John John, 
it's, it's either you win or you lose. Like 50, 50. if yeah. you lose, you're not first runner up. You 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 lost the con like you lost the contest. So and, that's what was going through my head. And at when the time. Steve ran it, it was only three. Right, exactly. There was supposed to be the one. There was supposed to be four of us, and one dropped out. Like. Um, we, they do a meet and greet on Friday, and on that day, that person dropped out, so it was just three of us. And the, then the year that I ran, we were nine. Yeah, right. there were, I remember that year. So was, um, just looking at that, I was a judge actually. Yeah, that's when yeah. I met you. It was. Actually. It was a. It was yeah. that was a big contest. So, so was was that year particularly unusual in terms of number of people running? I thought so. I mean, I. I mean, I was like I. I wonder what's what's going on, right? Mm. Um, Wait, well, what year? The year that there was nine, or the year that I competed? Okay. when there was just two of two, us, yeah. you know. But maybe not because the year before, which was my year, there which was, was only three of us. Yeah. So, um, so something had. I think there's a decline. Yeah, which, there was a decline. Which and you which, and I have talked about that, John. Yeah, about. which which I'm so excited that um, this is going to be screened on Saturday because I think this is a just an opportunity for people to to think more about. Mm, do I want to run? Like it, it's coming right. up, you know. Yeah, and yeah, talk to people, and it's and absolutely, and and look at why you know you demystify some of the you know the scary parts yeah. of it, yeah. and and then hopefully you can find a support team like you just talked yep. about. The other thing I was wanting to say too is that you know the three of us have run for it. Um, you won, but we've we've gotten so much out of it, but. Thinking of those two guys that I couldn't get to try on those harnesses, there's a whole world in between, a spectrum of people that, you know, like a movie, you have your actors, but then there's um, every the directors, the all the way down to the PAs. I mean, there's all sorts of ways you can experiment um, without having to necessarily run for a contest. But, you know, I, I haven't you done sort of... Um, not demos or classes before yes. where people can yeah. try flogging or they can try yeah. different things. And, and, you know, not everyone is going to be like myself and want to, you know, get in a jockstrap and flaunt and, and run for a contest. But there's all these other ways you can participate. Yeah. yeah. On that note of demos, I mean, I think you and I are supposed to be doing yes, a demo uh, on Saturday as a well. Demo? Yeah, that's right. So um, <laughs> oh, yeah. can you give us an insight of what we can expect? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, we talked a little bit about it. And one thing I, I mentioned uh, to John John is that I really don't want to do any sessions with him until that day. Like I've never uh, worked with him. Right. And I feel that I want to have the chance for us to come together that day and just uh, And for people present. listening, like when you talk about, I mean, who, who wouldn't maybe understand what a demo is or what your work is briefly. Right. So um, I call it leather shamanism. And so it's a, it's a healing um, space. And in, the, in, in ways in which I've done it in public... Um, you know, I just uh, my intention is with John John to um, to feel that he can be present, to being in front of strangers and watch him. In, you know, his sexy job. I think he'll be uh, fine. <laughs> <laughs> Getting healed, whatever that means. Yeah, and you, you utilize like uh, the flogger or. Well, I never. Well, we don't want to give away too I, much. I never have um, in mind what I should use. I think uh, if anything, my my main goal is. Uh, to get John John to breathe, um, I definitely want him to release a little bit of the tension of uh, also, I mean, it's not just about being in front of other people, you know, showing yourself in, 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 in an unusual way, I guess, but it's about releasing um, just overall um, uh, fear. 
And I feel that uh, when you are performing, when you're showing your work in front of other people, when you're sharing a podcast, all this stuff, you are sharing a lot of your own, you know, I guess there's confidence in there, but there's also a lot of, uh, I guess, uh, anxiety perhaps about what may not work and this and the other. And those things... um, don't allow us to feel present. We're just more concerned about this or the other rather than just enjoying the time being, right? Right. So I want to enjoy the the session, the, the demo with the John John. That's and, so interesting that's you said that because we have this um, Master Joshua. He's been on a couple podcasts with us, and he, um, as the top or the dominant in his fire play, it's, he is very much connecting with that He's person amazing, yeah. versus just the, I think a lot of people often think that it's all about the one getting whatever is being done to them, mm-hmm. but no, a true connection is for that person to breathe and release. So then the, the top, the dominant, whatever you want to call them can really also be present. And then the two of them can kind of create a chemistry. It's interesting though, when you're doing a demo though, um, it is somewhat of a, a show in some ways. Yeah, the, the reason why we're doing the demo is because it's also uh, com- coming after the uh, second, the, the screening of Second Skin, which is the film. Your film, yes. Yeah, so Absolutely, like that you are film. in. Yeah. And uh, you and I did a demo uh, session at the Eagle, which is part of the film, and it appears at the end. Yes. Right? So um, I'm hoping to have an, an opportunity to just like sit down before the demo and just kind of like ask John John in, in, just in front of other people if he has any kind of intentions or just talk a little bit about his body and whatever, right? So that some uh, some folks watching it can actually have an idea of what it what what I'm trying to get you know, out of it, doing and it. One of the great things about demos or when you do these types of things is that people watching can see what this work can be like and they can, and you know, you work with clients, right. Rico, and so, you know, we might be doing this in front of you and, and putting it out there, but it opens the mind that, you know, even if you aren't ready to run for a Mr. Eagle contest, there's all these layers that you can kind of get involved Absolutely. with this community and what it, and, and fun ways. And you could work with Rico. There's other people, Master Joshua, that doesn't have to be on stage necessarily yeah, right, right. because not everybody wants to do that. But it opens up our mind a little bit and creates a platform. Yeah, so and, they, and yeah. there's a like question like, you know, what does flogging do to somebody, right? <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. if you haven't really experienced it. And why would somebody want to be hit? Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. And then once you, <laughs> you have a framework, you know, right. uh, then it changes. I think uh, in the sexual energy uh, is an incredible uh, way of uh, transforming what you may perceive as painful into something pleasurable. Um, so I think, you know, fine-tuning that balance uh, is key, and it only takes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some time and, and, and experience, yeah. practice. And, and I've, so I've been able to, so I've seen demos, right? We The Eagle has done demos during gear night, um, and they've sort of been like a show. And then I have uh, used demos within workshops. So I did, uh, I didn't lead it, but I brought a food play workshop to- I saw that, I was wondering what that would entail. It was was right before (laughs) a gear night. Um, And we actually have another workshop this Thursday uh, the food 14th. as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's on wax. Okay. It's a wax oh, play I love, workshop. Oh, that's, that's yes. my thing. Candle wax. Yes. Sorry, I just got excited. So that's but. on um, another one of the fourteenth yeah. Thursday at eight p.m. right before gear. So we're doing that. Um, but we did the food play workshop, and it was amazing. We had uh, 
there were about nine people who came out. I mean, was um, it like a buffet? And no, it was brownies. But we had a conversation. So we had brownies. Hot brownies? No. Oh. <laughs> they were delicious brownies, okay. but not those kind of special brownies. Um, but we had the brownies, uh, and we had a conversation just about food, what types of food you could use during play, how food can be used for pleasure, but also for punishment. And and we we used brownies on each other in, in like, a very intimate setting, like, a, a very... It was, like, you had to connect with the individual. And it wasn't just, like, you're putting a brownie in your mouth. No, it was, like... For one person, I remember uh, uh, someone who came to the workshop and I practiced um, on him is he closed his eyes, I took the brownie, I put it to his lips, I did not let him bite the brownie, he had to smell the brownie and rubbed it on his lips and then I said, take a bite. He took, I said, take a small bite. He took a small bite, he... And then the, the, next, the next command was, do not swallow the brownie, just chew the brownie and feel the brownie in your mouth. And then for a quick second, I like went close to his ear and, and said something. And he didn't expect that because his eyes, we actually uh, blindfolded him. So he didn't expect that. So he had to use all his other senses because he yeah. could not see. So, oh, that's cool. And, and he was... He was so. I, I'm sure his senses <laughs> were. Yes. Yeah. No. And oh, well, that would work because I'm. I don't know what I was thinking when I thought. Somehow I thought there would be like whipped cream and smearing it that all over each other. That can happen too. Yeah. And, it's, I mean, it, there's and so many different parts of it. Anyone that knows me, my friends knows that. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. At a certain point, I don't <laughs> eat. I just need a cocktail, and I, no food should be eaten at the bar. And I don't want to. If I see somebody eating, I'm turning the other way. But <laughs> I know that's just me. That's crazy. But I'm interested in what you were saying. That's yeah. yeah. And the yeah. wax one, though, for sure. I'm very excited for the wax. No, one. but what you were saying relates uh, a lot to what I do too, because partly, um, you know, there's this idea of slowing down time, and um, yep. I don't think a lot of us are used to, you know, just being present to, you know, correct. No, just yeah. doing all, yeah. something all the time. For me, I was. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever used food or dessert to, I guess, quote, unquote, like top, right? To be a top or to be dominant in that moment. Hmm. And for me, it was like, I had to, even though there were people looking at me, it was like, these people are not here. I had to like, like take that all out of my head and just pay attention to this one person. Right. Like clear my mind and just focus on this person who was probably his heartbeat Vulnerable. was like, you know, speeding up a little. He was right. blindfolded and it was just him and I there in that moment. Right, and that's where the trust comes in, and yeah, that's absolutely. when it's when you can really release, like we talked about, yep. and that's the beauty of all this is that and that just also you know translate into the, you know, collaborating, uh, doing things together. I think that uh, it gets harder is just a, some proof of that. Also, the dynamics and friendships that you know we have with Christoph um, and and everybody really involved in the project. Absolutely, um, yeah, know. and you get to see a great um, demo happen. We talked about that, but. The conversation that we have about back and forth on the film right. is really kind of cool. Yeah. yeah, I think that the the, the great uh, I guess part of it also will be that um, you know people can perceive us in one light. Um, I think that uh, things such as documentaries somehow are there also to show a larger picture of um, who we are. Right. Um, and 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 I think that 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 also has a long, long way to to go also with becoming a Mr. Eagle right yeah. title holder. It's how do you uh, present yourself, and uh, how do you make other people, you know, know who you are and what you're doing? 
right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've gotten over the past couple of months questions like, what does it entail, right? What do you need to do as Mr. Eagle? And I could not answer that question. The, the only thing I could say that was the most important is that you need to represent this bar with respect, with dignity, and you just need to, you know, you, you need to be the Mr. Eagle, right? But in, in terms of all the other things, like where do you need to travel? What type of things do you need to do? That is very unique to each Mr. Eagle. Q is very different than John John, right? Q, the uh, former Mr. Q, Eagle, the for, 20... sorry, 2016, yes. right? Laney 2015 was very different. CJ 2014 was very different. Arsenio 2013. On so and on, yeah, on right. On and on. Like, we're all very different from each other. I've used this year, I think, to... Uh, I, I, the third Friday of every month, I do a bear party. And I've used that as my bear identity, but also to bring some body positivity into the Eagle Bar, right? Not just to say, this is... Uh, this is a, a bar for all types of body types. Like it is. The, That's know, one of my favorite things about yeah, it. Yeah, so, like, I've done that. And, and I've used half of this year to raise money for charities. Yes. Which we were, right. you know, I was able to work with a group of volunteers who devoted their time to help make the first Latin leather night called Piel, which was a success where we raised over $1,000 for the Translatina Network. That's so interesting. Um, I'm glad mm -hmm. you said that because I had I was thinking when we were talking about what we'd like to see different. I'm I wonder how you know it would be so cool to see a transgendered person enter the contest, and I don't know how anyone would feel about that. But you know, given the times that we're in, and we're learning mm -hmm. that you know, out of all of our communities, and and you know, gay, bisexual, you know, there's there's so many different pansexual. Mm -hmm. um, our trans community, in my mind is the one that I think we all need to kind of maybe give a little attention to right now. There's, you know, there's a lot of crime and, and they're going on with them. And, and I just feel like, you know, with Trump talking about how, you know, they, he doesn't want them in the military mm -hmm. and it's just on and on. And so that, I wonder how like the old guard would feel about that, you know, and, and. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I can't speak for, how would you feel about that? I, I would welcome a trans person to compete in the Mr. Eagle contest. I think that, you know, if, if, you, if you think you have what it takes to be Mr. Eagle, then you're welcome to compete, right? I've used my year to talk, to try to talk about trans issues or issues facing the trans community, um, uh, whether, whether it be just the, the murder rates of... Right the trans community, specifically trans women of color, right? And that what, what type of like media coverage is, is that issue getting, right? Um, and, and I've had conversations with people who are trans identified who have mentioned that they're interested in running. Oh, that so, would be so, I, so I, amazing. You know, I hope, that, I hope that I've displayed my year as an opportunity, regardless of if you identify as uh, um, a trans person, or if you identify as a bear, or if you identify as a pup, or if you identify, however you identify, to, to, if you think you have what it takes to be Mr. Eagle, then come out and compete. I think that's great, yeah. And I just think, you know, the more we talk about community and the more we look at rates of this contest of a dwindling, yeah. you know, um, amount of people that enter it, yeah. um, we really do have to kind of look at ourselves sometimes and say, well, why aren't people 
entering yeah. this contest. And with our trans community, I mean, we all know um, somebody that works at as a boots black at the Eagle who's always there and is trans. And, and I would just think it would be great to really involve, like, if we're going to talk about community and outreach, I mean we have to kind of look at everybody kind of yeah. and make it welcoming for everyone at times. I don't know. That's my thoughts on it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I mean, you have to ask yourself exactly like, what are we, or are we not doing to make events or spaces comfortable to different identities? Right. You know? Exactly. Absolutely. And if you don't mind me asking, yep. um, John, John, I, you know, you're talking about how different each Mr. Eagle mm-hmm. is um, naturally. So yeah. uh, one, I guess one thing that I realized uh, made you uh, clearly different in choices than others was that you decided not to go to IML. Yes. Which is uh, sort of something that I feel that is part of the, of the package in a way of becoming Mr. Eagle, right? Yeah. That you get to go to an international competition and you yeah. get to experience all these amazing things. Why did you not take that um, chance. Yeah. Um, So I wanted to keep things very local. Things, for me, everything is local. Politics is local. My personal life is local. What I do, like, uh, during the nighttime is local, right? Like, all of that is very local and personal to me. Um, And I think for me, I I had to ask myself, just like I asked myself, why do you want to compete for Mr. Eagle? do you want to compete for IML? And if you do, like, why, why do you want to compete for IML? And people have different reasons, right? Some people go just for the experience, and some people go to win. Like, that is in their mindset. For me, that's, at least for that, because there was a point where I was going to compete in, my, in IML, and then I went to MAL. Yes. Um, which is in D.C. Which is, yeah, Mid-Atlantic Leather Weekend in Washington, D.C., uh, MLK weekend, every MLK weekend. Um, and I went into that weekend as a contestant for IML. Um, and it was like the pressure was on. The, 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 it's the, much grander. And, it, yeah, and, the, yeah, the pressure and the, 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 the types of conversations I was also having with a lot of different people, um, it was like, you need to watch how you do this. You need to watch how you do that. You need to, there's a lot of things you needed to like watch out for. Can you be a little more specific? Like, I think, like, I think it goes back sort of to like the old guard. I was gonna say old guard, (laughs) yeah. You need to watch how you wear that, or you need to, um, you need to like represent yourself this way. And for me, what, and, and also people are watching you. Like, the judges are watching you. Even, like, months before the contest, the judges haven't been announced, but they're watching you, right? Um, So for me, I had all these different narratives in my head that it took me to a point where I was like, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel... And this is my personal experience, right? Right. This is very different to other people. But for me, it was like, I don't feel like myself. I don't even feel like I can have, as a social butterfly... I don't even feel like I can engage in, in a conversation with someone during this weekend because I'm afraid that I might say something wrong. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm not, I, this is my, one of my favorite weekends and I'm not having a good time. And so that along with 
I entered the Mr. Eagle contest because I wanted to represent the Eagle, not represent international. I was just going to say that, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because offline you were telling me when you first got here today that you're very, we were talking about travel. Yeah. And the first thing I, you said, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to Mykonos. I'm going blah, blah, blah. And I asked you, and you said, uh, I'm going well, to I'm Baltimore. a regional yeah. person. Like, I, I don't really... I stay within the region. Yeah, and then, so I find that yeah. that's interesting because it, it would make sense based on what you said. I'm a bear. The other, yeah. The other thing... <laughs> Keep my food in the corner. Right. The bear, yes, the food. Um, the other thing, though, is that's interesting, too, about that is that you're right. I mean... When you run for something, and it's interesting because you also um, work with a politician yep. here uh, um, here in the city, yep. and it also has to do with just making changes within you know a, a community, right? And so I think one of the things about the Eagle is that we all know it. You're there, I'm there, and. I think one of the reasons I ran is that you felt like this is the bar you love, know and love, and there's you can make changes within this world. Yeah. But I'm not sure you can do that necessarily. It's just on a grander scale. And, yeah. And it I would, also knew that my time did not permit for me to be some sort an of international international yeah. superstar. Yeah, it kind of sounds like Miss World <laughs> sometimes, or you know what I mean. But. I, I also wanted to bring out this idea that um, if anybody's interested in running or, or thinking about it, that it's not also about you know becoming this figure uh, mm -hmm. or that you have to be uh, doing it because you you. I believe that you have to, uh, you know, have a plan, a master plan to help the entire community or something like that, right? You, John John was talking about uh, some people do it for very personal reasons, yeah. right? And I think that stepping out of your comfort zone, um, like I, my experience was more about coming out into the leather community, as a matter of fact. And I feel that the only way to uh, make yourself somehow visible in the community is to get on the freaking stage, you know? Right. Absolutely. So. There's plenty of ways, and on the note of um, contests, we should acknowledge the the recent loss of Chuck Renslow, mm -hmm. who um, created a lot of this community yep. that we're talking about. Yep. Chuck Renslow created the International Mr. Leather Contest. He just passed away this yep. year, which we're all very sad. Um, but yeah, we, we did a, a small um, Carmel uh, hosted, and I joined her in supporting her to do a small little memorial. Mm. At, at, we did it at the Eagle on the rooftop for oh, Chuck, cute. and had like a little slideshow of photos of oh, him. Wow. That's awesome. And had like a circle of some of the people who've interacted with him, whether it was one time, whether it was never, or you just heard about him, or if you had like um, like some like a long-standing relationship, like Jeff Tucker. Um, uh, former Mr. New Jersey and Mr. International Leather was there and told us all these amazing stories about Chuck. That's yeah, so and cool. as, a, as someone who's into documentaries or films, like, you know, I, I, I remember his words saying, you know, I mean, he, he documented his, his own leather experience. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and there's some great I, films, too. Um, but if you, anyone in Chicago, the Leather Archives yes, and Museum right, is uh, a museum, even if you weren't into, yeah. I, I would, it's like four floors or five floors, and it's so amazing yep. on the history of the leather community and female and, yeah. and preserving it. And preserving you know, and it. He's been. And they travel too. Sometimes oh, they do? Oh, great. They, sometimes they take their museum out. I remember one time, one year I went to Philly for the Leather Leadership Conference. And they uh, were using, I believe it's one of the LGBT centers in downtown Philly. And some of the folks from the museum were there. And they, they designated a whole floor. They brought their uh, materials from, nice. um, from uh, 
from Chicago, and they had a whole floor with some of the archives of like it, so many different things. It was it was amazing. Um, so great. But it, it's so important to archive, our, like just to 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 All of hold our, our history. history. Yeah. yeah, the eagle. I mean, even walking into the eagle bar and seeing some of the frames, seeing some on the first floor, right by those bathrooms. Um, <laughs> Seeing all it's those, a library like, of, yeah, of, like yeah. seeing the library of photos there is yes. quite amazing. Yeah. Absolutely, that would be cool to do a tour of that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think we are almost out of time. But I want to remind people: the film this weekend is called "It Gets Harder" by Rico Noguchi, um, and it's going to be at the Eagle Saturday night. Um, we'll post information on that. John, John, you're going to be there, of course, doing a yes. demo as well. And really, anybody listening that's ha- come by, right? Um, yep. And yeah, we would really like to have people come and ask questions. Uh, we hope that a lot of the members of the community, um, you know, be there. And and I, I know that you know there is an openness and behind this idea of of bringing this conversation for you know forward. Exactly. And I think that. Um, we, we need it, and I hope that, and I know for sure that the films are going to be um, also uh, there to support uh, some of the questions that some people may have. Absolutely, and um, your zine yes. will be coming out about the the same day. The same day, yes. and it has a whole thing on the the themes. It has a whole. Uh, well, obviously, it'll talk a little bit more about the films that we are showing. Um, the part of this podcast, also parts of uh, excerpts with John John, will be there. We have a couple of other surprises. Cool. Um, so I'm looking forward to sharing it with. And you then guys. for people um, that can't make it but want to know about the films and follow you, they yes. should go to. Yeah, I mean, I will share all this information that you know eventually as well on uh, Facebook and whatnot. But um, we have a Vimeo page. Uh, my company is called Asobi. Um, S-A-O-B-I-N-Y is Asobi New York. Um, uh, AsobiNY.com. And there um, we have uh, not only the trailers of the films, but also um, you know a little you bit of extra information. You can buy your film, the first and, one, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and It Gets Hotter will be available for, for demand the day after we screen it. So. Awesome. I love that. Then yeah. we'll link up to that too. John, John, where can people find you and follow you? Yes, uh, on Facebook, John-John Punky, P U-N-K-I. Um, if you're going to send me a friend request, though, send me a message letting me know why you're sending me one so that I don't think it's it spam. Talk about gay sex. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So you have to say that exactly yes. for me to accept. Um, and then uh, anyone should feel free to email me, too, at uh, eaglenyc2017 at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram, punky underscore John. I love it. I love it. And please follow us if you haven't already. We are at Talk About Gay Sex on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, thank you both. This thank was great. You. I love right, it. I hope Steve. we just like you know picked a little bit of the yeah, iceberg, and there's more to come. But can't wait for the film. And thanks again. So if you happen to be in New York City, join us this Saturday, September 16th at 9.30 p.m. for the double feature of It Gets Harder plus Second Skin, a leather double feature. It's this Saturday, September 19th. It's free at the Eagle NYC. And just a sidebar note here, this actually was episode one of season two. But join me and my two co-hosts, Jeremy Ross Lopez and Steve Carpenter, next week, September 19th, for our season official opener. For now, continue having hot gay sex.